0: Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories... The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Today, I'm speaking with the uber-creative Marlena P. Neiker founder of Muldoonies, a Paris-based luxury brand that combines fashion, art, and technology. Marlena, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you and how the Muldoonies brand came to be.
1: Caroline, thank you so much for having me. It is the late afternoon but I'm super, super excited to actually be on on this call with you
0: right now. I'm so excited to have you. And so I (laughs) I just want to dive right in. Go uh, ahead. I, I first like to start off with just Muldoonies. Deep end. That's yes, great. Like truly the deep end. <laughs> it is such a unique concept. Like I, when I was yes. looking into it and reading about Muldoonies, I was mm. like, I've never seen anything like it. Can you please explain what Muldoonies is and how that concept came to be? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, It is sort of like,
1: it's very innovative in the sense that, you know, what we're doing, especially in the luxury industry, where you're integrating all of this new technology, but also, you know, utilizing it in such a way that there's a very consistent, but a very functional use of the technology, right? Now, the whole idea, is it's probably best to start from the beginning, you know, the whole idea to insert holograms and, and, you know, Product authenticity and product provenance, et cetera, actually came when I was, came together when I was doing my module one, supply chain and sustainability studies at the London College of Fashion. So it was module one for the executive MBA program. So when we were working on the discursive, you know, just a, a dissertation sort of paper, my topic, which i chosen, was how to utilize new technologies upstream in the supply chain in order to enable real-time brand engagement. Now, I mean, in 2015, this was when I was working on it, you know, we, we, we did not, of course, have blockchain. We use a lot of things with RFID, etc. But what was the most fascinating thing was that, you know, the supply chain had all of these sort of like heritage suppliers you know artisans that had a history in terms of craftsmanship because they'd been there for such a long time Mm. and literally when we think about luxury we always kind of sold on the dream you know you sold on everything upstream this pattern of sort of like luxury allure etc but you don't see anything downstream nothing about how it was made or anything like that so you know the goal for me was I just thought there was just so much of treasure in terms of the data and information and how wonderful it would be to have this sort of transparency and traceability then into into the supply chain, which a customer or consumer could actually connect to with, right? So... What we did, what I literally was sort of like experimenting a lot with, because we looked at two tenants, I looked at two tenants, brand tenants, and that is brand authenticity and product provenance. So the authenticity of your brand is basically protecting it against counterfeiting, right? So there's no replication of a design or the work that you've created. And then when it comes to provenance, like proving where something comes from. Right. So proving that it's made in France, proving that it's about friends of affair or the artisans are actually, you know, from where the raw materials are from where you say it is. So it was basically playing on those two tenets. And then the whole concept evolved with the innovation in the supply chain, where we, you know, I embedded holograms. And back then, there was a lot of RFID that was being used. And I'm not entirely sold on RFID. I think it's, it's, you know, with NFC, etc., it can be easily cloned and tampered with, etc. So I chose the route of holograms back then in 2015. So, so this was my paper which I'd written in in 2015 and and in that period you know in the last sort of 10 years I basically began working then on not only the concept with you know for this relaunch but also on you know the eight series because I was designing I had to design you know the eight sort of series which we now have so series one is what we relaunched with last year and that's the Manacci. And each one has a very sort of thematic, you know, product storytelling in terms of you know iconic legends and the themes and you know things that are inspired. You know, I mean, it's always going to kind of give you some sort of inspiration, right? right. Uh, and and the goal with that was literally with this product storytelling was uh, to connect, okay, on a very visceral and emotional level with with, with our customer, but also. You know, to utilize all of that, the design concept would come from their story. So for them, and actually, you know, every single element which we've used comes from her story. You know, I have Swarovski crystals, for example. There's more than four thousand of those gemstones on the menachi Premium and Limited Edition bag. You know, the the hand embroidered flowers, our sun and moon, etc. Now those are all very emblematic of symbols of her story. And this is all things that are captured, you know, in the supply chain during the product journey for our customer. So when I visited, so, you know, this was in the last 10 years, building this entire concept, refining it, because, it, you know, it's, it can be very complex and there's a lot of complexity and layers because you know to try to do to to capture the you know the the audience attention or or even enlighten them or educate them you know about why is it so important to have a hologram with blockchain that takes time you know it's so 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 it's it's a really sort of a long process and so finally we got to relaunch last year and how we sort of build that was, you know, utilising instead of RFID, we basically have blockchain in, in, in our supply chain. And the blockchain is used, you know, to validate our proof of work, our proof of, you know, our product provenance. Right. And it's, of course, to highlight, you know, every single one of our suppliers and the French artisans, etc., that have worked on the bag itself. Now, the goal with that is, you know, with the blockchain is uh, our our holograms, the exclusive holograms, are then connected onto the blockchain smart contract. And, and this is on the public sort of Ethereum network. So when one can actually go onto the public Ethereum network. And, you know, look for the Muldoonis menachi and you are then going to get a complete validation of every single raw material that is being used on the bag and its provenance. Right. Now it's and it was it wasn't it really was I mean, it was it was a challenge to actually uh, to fulfill because at the end, you know, to secure one of my mandates was basically saying, "If I'm making a French product, I really want for, you know, a hundred percent provenance of every single." raw material we're using on this bag to be sourced in France if I'm saying it's Muldoon Paris then it must be made as an atelier in Paris right because that's provenance that's sort of brand authenticity at the end when you go really you know deep down into the transparency and traceability of the supply chain so, I had the great fortune of working with, you know, one of the oldest sort of ateliers, and that's Edgar Hamon in, in, in the center of Paris. And that's the atelier who's, you know, basically took the project on. I thought, I think they thought I must be crazy. I'm curious, I was
0: sort curious. Of the- do you mind sharing, like, how did you approach? Collaborators and like Edgar and um, ateliers well, and vendors well, and all yes.
1: these. Well, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a um, look. When I came, one of the before I decided to come through to France. and This was in 2020 during the whole COVID. I did a reconnaissance from from Amsterdam. I thought, okay, you know, I was ready. I knew I was ready. My project was ready. My collections, the series, etc., were ready. But you know, the the supply chain which was here, I needed to, you know, sort of like vet where this was going to be the next place. It could also have been Italy, you know, for all Mm -hmm. one knows, but... I came through to France and I did a reconnaissance, I think, for three months, you know, just sort of going around, meeting with people, having long conversations, discussions, etc. And it wasn't easy. So, I mean, it was basically, you know, coming over, having a lot of conversations. But of course, you know, it, it wasn't easy. And it's not easy because the one thing I've learned, you know, When you come through to a city like Paris and especially in France, it's a and doing working in the luxury industry, it is a very, very guarded and protected, but also very competitive industry. It really is. I mean, it is cutthroat, right? I basically, so you know, when I was ready and I'd self ended you know with uh, the start of, the, of our project with you know financing I had and just a small angel investment of sort of 3% which I sold in our company and literally bootstrapped it and so initially i think there was many people that were already talking about the project because I was like knocking on from door to door at a certain moment. And I think they must have all thought, oh my gosh, it's the crazy women from <laughs> from Amsterdam again, you know. But it was very interesting because, you know, and so I had a, a modelist, a prototypist, and for my, you know, for the actually we were working on the initial sort of structure because it's such a complicated sort of you know structuring for the bag and so she had made sort of suggestions and I then connected with Edgar Haman, you know the the director at at the Aslingay and you know just made a quick introduction of the project and so he suggested "Well, come along and you can always meet us and you know we'll have a, a quick sort of a discussion so I was invited to the atelier and I'm walking down you know towards the atelier and I'm standing there in fact I think I was standing at the wrong door initially because I was so nervous by the way <laughs> and he sort of comes out and and so you know calls me back in and and I I just walked in and I just thought oh my gosh this is just the most craziest surreal moment in my entire life you know you in an atelier which is so you know so sort of revered so respected Mm. and it was just so humbling because they just the nicest people you know so down to earth and and he took me, you know, right into the sort of the archives and did a complete tour, you know, oh. from the archives. And you seeing all the oldest creations that have done for, you know, people like Hubert Givenchy, Jean Lanvin, you know, Lansard. It, it was just, I mean, I, I was just speechless. And you just saw the handiwork, the craftsmanship, and, and then into the atelier itself where, you know, with the, where the staff are actually producing you know some you know the the collections and these were some very high-end brands I mean one of them is one of the most loved in the world and and then I sat down with a very young sort of project director Elise Dormi and we were discussing the project and then it just began from there I think they were really sort of challenged by the ideas of what I was putting on the table because I came to them with a concept which was not it was luxury but it was not being built in the traditional way luxury was being built and that was very inspired for me because I thought okay now we have the right people because they see the vision, they feel the vision, they feel the project. that means we're going to be able to push the boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how it literally started. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. I was, no, but
1: the, yeah. It's beautiful. And you know, we we're talking about energy at the beginning of this call, but it's like that. This just, right. it's, right. these, it just these are the, the this, These are craftsmen in the purest form. And this is exactly what I was thinking about in 2015 when I was doing the supply chain paper, that there's something missing. The real people that are making this, the soul that goes into it, we're not connecting with them somehow. It's like they've been lost in the entire process, you know? So this this is how and 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 when you go into these you know these little ateliers and, and and see the the passion and the attention to detail and the craftsmanship and the heritage and the history right? wow i yeah. Speechless.
0: I, no, but truly it, it, what I, you, I mean, I took literally two pages of notes just in this one question, but so I, oh, no. I, I, I mean, you have so, so many good nuggets that I need. I'm trying to figure out where even to start, but one of the things, what I love Go with the flow. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, what I, what I love, which was what you just said, which is we have lost sight and like everything that we create, about who is actually creating it, and I right. think because it's always about the cu- it's always about the customer, and it's always about you know, and and rightfully so, it has to be in many ways. It should be sort of like a.
1: A circular relationship, isn't it? I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't miss out on any one of the elements. And this is the whole point of this innovation in the supply chain, because it is literally connecting every single element in the supply chain. Yeah. And you know, we've and then you're also connecting it into the evolving sort of technologies, etc., that are you know happening outside. Because for example, You know, our Menakshi pre-order bag, which is now available for sale on our website, the pre-orders, you know, basically when if you purchased it today as a pre-order, we also built in the back end, a personalized customer engagement app. So So on the holograms, when your bag is actually being made in the seven steps you are getting automatic real-time updates without our atelier in Paris for every single step that the bag so is actually even- undergoing, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so you literally, so they will send you photos. You can maybe send a like back or a comment or something like that. And when the bag is ready to be dispatched, you would get an, you know, you get a, a quick note. It's ready to, to, to be delivered. We follow that in real time as well. When you receive it, And you scan onto the hologram because you have a serialized code that takes you automatically onto our website where you get a prompt, which would basically say, you know, we'd have all of your details. And you basically then say, mint my NFT, because we are now pairing this physical item also with a digital NFT, right? So we mint the digital NFT, which then is deployed onto the Menakshi smart contract with your details as being an owner of a Menakshi physical bag, as well as its digital NFT twin. The reason we do that is basically that's the final process in the whole product authentication part of our solution. right? But we take it a little further because, of course, we have emerging technologies in Web 3.0. Rate with the metaverse, etc. So the NFT will then play into our sort of you know, our eight series, our eight worlds. Menakshi has her own world, the second series is a Titania, Obron, etc. And those NFTs actually then become tokens which you can go in for access into all the different worlds, etc. So we've we've tried to connect the dots mm-hmm. from the point of the bag being, the design being inspired, yes, the story behind, all the way towards through the supply chain when it's being made, who your raw material supplier is, where it comes from, what their history is, what their heritage is, et cetera, up right to the point where it's being made at our atelier and then you're communicating with our atelier in real time. To the point that you receive it at home, and then we take you into the Muldoonis multiverse or metaverse. That's how it's built. <laughs> wow. It's ambitious. It is, but you know, we two thirds of the way there. We two That's thirds of fascinating, the way there. <laughs>
0: and th- that is so fascinating because because you think of what I love about it is you're really in very very big detail thinking of. Yeah every single touch point every single detail not just in the craftsman of the craftsmanship of the bag but just how it it becomes it's like as you were talking it's like it really becomes part of the The journey owns it 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 is a part of the journey but it's it's like the once once that's fine that's the final like you said I forget exactly the words but like you said that it's the final step of the whole authentication process How yes when we when, when you yes when you exactly when scanning, you marry
1: yes yeah. yeah, so when you marry your physical bag with the digital nft which we mint for you that's the final part of the entire authentication process of the bag right imagine and that is incredible and we then will deploy that with an nft which we mint on on the ethereum network with all of your details etc right and that's it's also adding investable value
0: for you because you know maybe in another 10
1: 15 years you have a minakshi nft and there's only 600 investment
0: in this bag Uh, you literally it like it's i find that extremely fascinating that you're thinking like you have the consumer in mind like i said you from the beginning, so much thought into, you, yes, the consumer yes, from the game, But even beyond yeah. once it gets to them, like you are truly creating, like you said, the, their investment as well as like giving them a stake in what the future holds and absolutely. the future in web Yeah, And this
1: is the reason why the premium edition is we've limited it only to 600 pieces. And this is also the reason why we have you know we have not we, we have we've never left, left no stone unturned in finding the most premium raw material suppliers. Okay. i mean these are these are heritage supplies i think my supply chain in total probably for the menachi probably is around 400 or to 700 years old wow now that is crazy if you think about it that's all that's all the heritage of our suppliers yes where they've been in existence in one supply chain so you when you look when you were talking about the detail now this is the detail this is the rich history the data in the supply chain which we've now used on one product Yes, that is not just her, not just a bag anymore. It's right. a living it's 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 I mean it's a piece, it's a it is a work of art, it's exceptionally beautiful. But every right. single thing, I mean, even down when you look at the the shape of the bag, you know, the iconic pokley shape, for example, is a bag that's worn during weddings in India, right? Yeah. It's a it's a shape that comes from the verdict times. The whole Minakshi bag is inspired by the story of Minakshi and her, you know, cosmic love story, right. you know, the, the destiny that she had. She was a warrior princess, you know, a goddess. Right. She refused to get married until she with This is the legend that until she found the man that she was destined to be with. Right. And it ended up being, you know, a, a very revered Hindu sort of deity in, in India right and he he, and and the sun and the moon are huge elements in that and it's all about the cosmic sort of balance and, you know, the duality of life, light and good. The flowers, which are like 400 of those hand embroidered flowers, you would see on our Instagram pages how these are being made by our artisans at Atelier Mesa Hamon. There are nearly 4,000 Swarovski gemstones on the, on, on, on the bags. Wow. Right? So every single element on there has history. And that is that is what's so special about you know all of the series which we are now creating. And you're right when you say it is about the detail. And and the detail right. is, is I, I'm I'm, I'm
0: very fussy about detail. <laughs> well, I think, rightfully totally so, right? And and the thing is, is like you're not just you're not. I wouldn't even consider you fussy about details. The details are what matters, and that's what like essentially classifies it as a uber a luxury, luxury handbag in my yeah. opinion with yeah. all of that yeah, detail absolutely. and the history and yeah. heritage like you're talking about.
1: And of course, it's also all of this detail, is, you know, is the history on, on the NFTs going forward, right. right? So you can just imagine in another 15 or 20 years, that's just, I mean, I it's mean, insane to it's think. It's
0: incredible. It's truly <laughs> really a fascinating it, concept, and you know, which is, again, why I, I, I was even I more excited speaking so to speak right. you. I'm, it's like, I'm so happy
1: I'm having this conversation with you because I'm now even getting even more excited yes. talking about
0: it. <laughs> well, what I love, right? It's like, it's like, it is, how do I put this? It's like, you have taken something that is a heavily saturated market, like a handbag, yes. right? And yeah, something is, that right. people are like, it's one of many that people have, many. right? Exactly. And, you exactly. Have, and you've yes. essentially- honored the history of just the concept of a handbag in general and then in the process honored the hands that are on it the elements Mm. that it came from and then the inspiration of course which I'd love to talk a little bit more about the inspiration because I find that really interesting and you mentioned earlier that it was really important that like it was creating this sort of emotional connection and experience.
1: Yeah I think this is and you know this is the I mean every single series which I've uh, you know designed all of the eight series have been inspired at probably some serendipitous moment in my life it's it how it it, it's how the the series have been built in the last 10 years so I've been pretty busy although I was supposed to be on a sabbatical you know mending from the cancer I was still sort of you know working this is just generally how it is so the Menachee actually came into being in 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 2020 And I was, you know, we had gone into lockdown, et cetera. And so I started doing ancestral research into my South Indian sort of heritage. Now, I, you know, we do not have any family sort of alive anymore because, but we come from a very old sort of family, you know, dynastic line, which is the Nayaka sort of line at that time. But, you know, there's a lot happened with, 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 colonialism etc so a lot of our family etc that was you know during w- were then taken off you know to other parts of the world which is how my great great grandparents I believe ended up in South Africa which is where I was born wow. right and and then of course went through to to Europe but so this ancestral research was something I wanted to do a really long time and so COVID was a perfect moment because it's locked down and you do not have you're not you're not allowed to do anything at that moment so I and again detail was important because you know I was going into the ship logs of all mm-hmm. the ships that were kind of bringing you know bringing the people out from India what cities were they coming from what were the names oh my gosh I think it was driving my family Crazy, at the time.
0: <laughs> like, oh, we're like, ah, we're in the present them, moment
1: now. But, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was, sen- I was sending yeah. them this Excel list, you know, with all the names. It was like, oh my gosh, look! And How so it was incredible. just incredible, but it was incredibly fascinating. And then, of course, when you start getting into that detail, you just you don't stop because you feel like you're on a journey at that moment, right? And great. then, you know, you when I sort of linked, been was able to link, you know, the names with the city which was in Madurai, the ships, which, you know, the great grandparents actually came in. And 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 then we linked it to, you know, you could see the last line of the family, and 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 then it just built from there. And yeah. menachi was someone that was, and he's still very revered in the city of Madurai because, you know, he, there's a temple that's still there where people till today you know revere her as sort of the mother for not just I mean it's the Tamil sort of cosmos you know the old civilization etc and her story just inspired me I just completely absolutely totally fell in love with her story you know wow. she was this young girl at at least the legend goes, you know, her, her, her parents were really wanted to have a child and they couldn't. And suddenly this three-year-old girl came out, you know, during a prayer. And but the legend says that she had a chest that was deformed, like she had a third breast or something like that. And her father was like quite aghast, you know, what do you do with this? And they just, you know, the priest, etc., basically said, no, no, she's kind of like the destined child right and you should teach her about arts and culture and 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 you know sort of like about fighting and artillery etc etc and this is these are all the things that she sort of learned and and it was a certain moment she was supposed to get married and then of course her father tried to arrange the marriage she refused insisting Mm. well she will wait for the man that she was destined to be with and she was a fierce warrior princess. And together with kind of like wow. her army of women, she would be, you know, protecting the lands and the people. This is how what they were, you know, how she kept them sort of safe, etc. And the legend says that as she went towards, you know, Mount Kailash in the Himalayas, that there was an old, well, not Sikh. I mean, he was an old, but he was a hermit a Sikh called you know, Lord Shiva that was sitting on the, the mountains. And yeah, this, this warrior princess, I mean, she was basically defeating so many people. And when she saw him, it was like, okay, the, whatever malformation was on her chest, it disappeared. But she completely succumbed to him. Just became absolutely pliant at that moment. It was like this warrior princess that just became, you know, like a flower. She completely opened up in front of him. So the legend says he said to her, Well, return back to Madurai and then I will come to the city in seven days and they will be married. And then in seven days he arrived, but in the form of a, you know, in a, a, a lord, very lord sort of attire, et cetera. And then they were married. So during the wedding, which is in the Indian sort of like custom is called a Thirukalyanam, you have the elements of the, the sun and the moon, yes, which are put on the woman's hair, as well as all the flowers which are festooned on her head. And this is how the wedding happens. Mm-hmm. So the bagman actually, yes, is actually eulogizing their love story this is how it was built i was completely enamored by the story i just it was her courage it was her determination it was her resilience there was just something so how can i say mesmerizing but 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 also so poignant you know Ah, in in how she she there was so much of conviction in her but but apart from her being this uh, you know this 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 sort of like a strong resilient resourceful woman she was also very kind and you know very loving and very feminine as well so right. till today i mean she's still revered as you know a mother figure in in the southern part of india and it's interesting because in april each year their wedding is a festival that's still held in Madurai oh. honoring the tradition, and it's uh, you know where the young girls, or sort of like the young Indian girls, all want to play the role of Menakshi. And so her legend is still alive, people still revere her. And oh. I'm I was just so inspired by that story.
0: Uh, Great, right. that's a beautiful story, yeah. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? I would I'd love to. To know too. So, what's interesting is you you talk a lot. I mean, of course, right? It's all about the history of the bag and uh, and how and the history of the suppliers and the the craftsmen who work on it. But then, even this this story, you you even say inspiration. In own, it is yeah. inspiration, but you yeah infuse so much of it that it takes a yes. world of its own like it's not just yes. inspiration yes. at that point you're yes like you even no. say own a piece it of has history a and let the le- legend of Mink- N- oh my gosh i bot- butchering the <laughs> name Minacci. <laughs> Minacci. Um, Minacci. live on through you so it, you yeah. know and I find yeah. that really interesting and I'm curious to yeah. know when you in the marketing of it all how yes. are you infusing these stories in there
1: Yes, you know, in, in I mean, it's like I said, it's because there's so many different elements and you also pointed this out at the beginning. There's so many little nuggets. Yes. And there's so many different areas which you can and actually focus on. And I have to tell you, you know, last year when we launched and because we were bootstrapping a lot of it and there was so much of complexity. And there's a certain moment you we in sense, you know, we even became so overwhelmed because there's so much of you know points which you could uh, use in 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 a marketing campaign or branding campaign etc so you really had to kind of simplify it at a certain moment so what we've basically done now is you know when you go and there has to be the consistency again right and every dot has to connect in it's a this is how it sort of has to be built so we're kind of from a marketing and a branding perspective where we're breaking it down into segments almost so we start at the beginning where you know you talk about her story you talk about the themes in the story and the themes of the story like you know the, the sun and the moon it's about light and dark and that fits in then to our brand philosophy of you know mm-hmm. contrast and experience experimenting with these contrasts in life about good and bad and that you can actually find beauty sometimes in the darkest of places yes and that fits in then of course with my life journey right then we talk about we, we 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 had a segment for example on on all of our suppliers you know the craftsmanship behind it so we've had to literally you know build it in in parts in a way in sure. terms of and our marketing because really there's just a lot internet. of information mm-hmm. exactly exactly it's and experiment a lot with it as well because it's not kind right. of like You know, and the other thing is what we want to do and as we move and keep growing now is we want to also build, you know, our sales is now not only going to be done sort of online. We also have like a pop-up, you know, trunk show concepts. And there you literally will have a brand theater sort of experience, a fully immersive experience, starting with the product storyboards of Menakshi then to Friends of Affair with Craftsmanship, then to the brand philosophy of Muldoonies and show our entire universe. So it's then at that moment where, you know, the whole picture will hopefully start coming together because there's a lot of layers. There's Lots a lot of layers. detail,
0: you yeah. know? Yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting you say that because not many people approach marketing that way. And actually, I, no. I no. whenever there's kind of, not a lot of like, whenever whenever someone's struggling with consistently marketing themselves and understanding, like, how do I fit in all of these? I actually always fall back to what is your story? And, and then lay that out once you break, like you're, like you're saying, you break it down. So it's simplified. Yeah. And basically like once you lay one brick down, you lay another one that's connected and it's just all fluid and connected because I think a lot of the times businesses, and I, and I, and you probably have experienced this as well. You know, it's, it's, there's so much that goes into it. There's so many components that, are oh, yeah, absolutely. Do and, and the yep. things that people are touching and feeling and, and receiving. Mm. And so mm. it's interesting that you, you say it that way. And I'm, I'm curious, and I love, I even love what, how you describe some of these marketing concepts, particularly the brand theater. Which I've never actually yes. heard someone <laughs> describe it in way, right like there's experiential marketing that happens and I'm yeah no. it just uh, it's in my a head. theater. Yeah. I mean
1: it's kind of like you're walking into a pop-up store, but it's a it's not really you know it's it's what we would call and I mean and it's experiential events because it's right. it's literally a theater. It is I mean, immersive. You're go in and yeah, it's immersive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're gonna have interactive mirrors and walls, and you know with light senses and. And sound and scent and all of that where you're literally going to then feel that you know when you either you're in Madurai and you're going off on one of her battles or she's getting married and you can feel the flowers and the scent mm-hmm. falling all around you or and then you're going to come to France where you can maybe smell you know the, the metal being molded or the gold being molded for the sun and the moon at the foundry you know right. so it is the- theatrical in that sense but it's immersive and it can't it's so interactive and we can't wait to get started with that to be honest
0: I'm sure <laughs> that's incredible it really is such a unique concept and I even more yeah. right, it's ambitious it's, 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 it's it, I mean ambitious. everything you've done is ambitious but at the same time know, starting your own business is ambitious as it on yeah. its own, whatever that business yeah. may be so I am well this I mean this is a relaunch by the way so yes I wanted to ask yeah. about I also <laughs> I had a question earlier on that I wrote down I just haven't asked yet but I had yeah. a you started Muldoonies well, actually back in 2005 correct 2005, was 2005 when I and then you had a, yeah. a, a hiatus you mentioned
1: Yes, well, I founded her in 2005, and you know, the concept back then was so different. I mean, it was purely a wholesale led business, and although still, I mean, I still went against the grain, you know, I was still designing very sort of like commercial, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I was still using very sort of you know, quirky designs and you know, innovating with my own colors, etc., but still things that were on point, and and you know, even the but the price points were kind of more accessible because back then you know where retail prices were between I think 250 to 650 euros and then your immediate competitors were sort of you know more the mainstream sort of sort of clients etc and wholesale business directly through to to retail customers because that was the model that was literally the muscle at that time. So it was, you know, and it, it was very niche segments as well. It wasn't, how can I say, you know, large, large sort of volumes, etc. because that was one of the things I really askew as well, because so much of that ends up actually being wasted at the end. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the company continued sort of, you know, it's always stops and starts. It's never easy in the beginning, but you have to always keep sort of pushing forward and then unfortunately in December 2009 I had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know and I have I get yeah, I hesitate just a little bit. I mean it's my journey literally. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean d- so December 2009 was yeah, it was quite a, yeah, it was a moment. I, it was it was a life changing in so many aspects and I remembered you know 2010 as being one of those years as it was a what if yeah mm. maybe yeah wow. right <laughs> because there was so much of uncertainty at the end and I just thought well if this is it then let it just be the mm-hmm. best year possible and and so I you know created some incredible collections I think it was you know two three years and in between all the treatments I was still running from wow
0: A to Very B active. and yeah. That's yeah well
1: I yeah but you know the thing with Muldoonies was my anchor Yeah, she was the one thing that sort of kept me going and this is the whole theme we talk about you know light and dark that and this is the duality in life that you, you know d- in order to to really appreciate the good moments, you have to have the bad moments, right. right? And nothing in life exists just, just you know, in 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 living just and celebrating only the good moments. So, I think this was the my failsafe in a way. So every time I would go through something incredibly difficult with the treatment, I would throw myself into either designing something or working on something creative with Muldoonies, whether it's a bag, whether it was a new color. And that was the beauty. And it was literally Mm -hmm. finding beauty in in literally the darkest of places, the darkest of moments. So she was my anchor. And this is why I say, you know, I am her and she is me, because we so connected. And that was that moment where, yeah, I just... I just realized that this this brand is 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 its own person at the present moment so she really kept me focused and energized and excited she gave you purpose like something's still out there for you you know right and I remember you know pushing until 2014 and 15 and then of course we had that horrid I think financial crisis when all the banks sort of just went you know barely up and retail started taking a big beating Lame. and of course I was exhausted I mean I'd just been running this mad marathon all around the world and I needed to take a big step back Right. and that was when I decided okay I'm going to do the sabbatical and, you know, try to figure out what the next steps would be. Where would I go? Would I stop? Would I continue and just pause everything? And it was very heartbreaking at that moment. I mean, I felt the failure, I think, because I think I abandoned her, but at the same time, I knew if I didn't, I was really not going to be in a good place. So it was, yeah, it was good to have actually done that. And, was also when I self-published my, you know, my memoir, which is Muldoonies and Me, and that's on Amazon, and literally about our journey together. And the book was never written, you know, to be a, a bestseller or anything like that. It was more cathartic for me, right. just so to help me overcome
0: with, yeah, with your anchor,
1: yeah. yes, and and just to help you sort of overcome, you know, so many so many things you wanted to bury because there was so much of pain with everything as well, you know, and to come mm. to, to find sort of like acceptance in the whole thing. And the last chapter, if you ever do read it in the last chapter, is quite funny because the last chapter I even say I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm now passing the baton off to a younger generation. I will stop with Muldoonies and allow wow. a younger generation to take it over, etc. And yeah, I really do write that. Wow. And- and when people read the book and especially some people that were close to me and you know people from the network they just came back no milena what are you doing you've got to do this again okay, she right. deserves a chance you deserve another chance and that's when the last 10 years began so
0: that is <laughs> i have no I words think I'm crazy. that, that no way. no i think <laughs> <laughs> what I love so much, and thank you for sharing all of that and, and, and giving us a, an some, a peek inside of that really yeah. challenging and dark period of your life. Like that is,
1: yeah,
0: it's, yep. there are no words, right. And, but what I, one of the things that I love that you shared and how you even speak about Mugini's is, you know, you're. You're saying she or her, you know, sure. he's an entity yeah. and not not like, oh my business and things like that. And I think a lot of people can no. relate. I also love that it was a bright light in a very, very dark time. And it was yes. like probably a few yes. bright lights. And so yes. sure. um, it's interesting how, and I think a lot of business I know I can kind of relate, and a lot of other business owners, I believe, can probably relate is. Mm. We, in our journey, we struggle so much. Like we're so so much doubt. There's so much personal development that needs to happen there's absolutely things and yeah there's been many moments where i'm like is is this right like is oh my gosh the purpose it's like (laughs) are we doing the right thing (laughs) right are we doing the right thing is this really not my purpose is this really going and it's like it's yeah it's so deep and it's so it's so disheartening when you go through it and i think what i love the most is that you really you are a true expander for people saying showing them saying like you know it's okay to have this journey and you can be so you can toss the baton to someone else but at the heart of it like what you started something for a reason yes maybe yes absolutely the world influences you life happens like you say and yes I think what's so interesting about where you are now with Muldoonies is that and you can hear it in your voice right it's you have it, it it became, it was beyond the bad. Before it was about the bad, it almost seems. And I could be mistaken there, but. but. Yeah, well, I would, yeah. And I wouldn't, I, you know, this is, this is interesting because I
1: met just this week with, you know, a fantastic digital agency here in, in Paris. And we were just talking about that. And he said the same thing. Yes. Okay. Well, th- that was the past. The past was the bad. And I said, right. no, 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 because it's not. It's the right. process.
0: that's yes. the journey. It's the, and ju- it's the duality and the bag you know? is and, 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 the tangible physical this, symbol of all of that. Exactly. Yeah. But, and there's also
1: beauty in a dark moment, mm-hmm. as long as you look beyond, as long as you find meaning. And this right. is how I'm sort of seeing, even in the journey with an entrepreneur, you know, this is what you right. I'm seeing at the moment. You just have to look for meaning in whatever right. you do. In right. however you're moving, wherever you're moving. And so when you asked me, even how do I create, the inspiration for this bag comes from finding meaning from one moment, right. you know, where you're doing an ancestral sort of reset, but you mm-hmm. found meaning and that meaning inspired you to create.
0: Right. So,
1: and this is. This is, you know, my sort of design ethos, the way I look at the world, the way I see things. I'm not saying it's perfect or I get it right all the time because I can be quite, I can be quite tough and hard. You know, some people might, might, might have different views on it. Yes, but she's not always really nice, etc. But okay, you know, I'm not perfect, but this is how I see my universe my world or the world around me at the present right. moment and finding that meaning finding that purpose with everything that we do and how we sort of move forward with things right isn't
0: it yeah you are simultaneously honoring and recognizing history while honoring and recognizing the unknown of the future in these bags and i think that's really <laughs> yeah beautiful. Yeah, I'm curious to know too, is <clears throat> since you've, you kind of restarted all of this and re I mean, again, it, like you say, it's always been about the bag, but you, you looked beyond the bag in, in many ways to really find like, why is this bag important for instance? Right. So I'm curious mm. to know. Uh, and even the legend of Monopsy and how that came to be and finding beauty in a dark time and just kind of conquering the the highs and lows of life it lives in that mm. story, I think, too. So I'm curious to know, you know, and we've talked about how you unfold the story and how you're kind of doing it bit by bit, bit, by bit and this brand theater. So how do you see Muldoonie's? Expanding, you say you have eight eight series. The first one just launched. Like, how do you? Yes, see kind of the story and unfolding for you. I,
1: th- I think it's. I mean, this uh, one of the things I've you know reconciled is I think our first series is going to be a long haul grind because it is going to be the series where we're going to you know be reeducating you know people about you know how we buy, for example. You know, are we asking the right questions about what is in a product, etc. In terms of supply chain traceability, transparency, etc. Or and re- re- reconnecting with them in terms of you know our 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 universe, our brand universe, right? So those are going to be two very big core focus areas for us for this first series, and I think that the growth is going to come in a step-by-step process, because it is a very, very saturated market. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many, you know, companies starting out with leather goods or handbags, etc. and where we're playing at the moment, it's incredibly competitive. Right. I mean, wow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there are stories that were probably fighting, you know, the most resilient of people sometimes. It is incredibly competitive right wow. but I've I've reconciled that because it is it, it, it is you know you're working with an, an industry where perfection and the very best is sort of demanded so it's normal right. it's a normal rite of passage so for us it's just growing at the present moment very very organically we are you know our sales and marketing we are in the process of also you know raising financing for small amount well not really but this will sort of support with us you know scaling our sales and marketing especially with our pop-up you know concept that we have in mind and then of course investing a little bit more in on our digital and online sales and sort of growing very organically uh, you know attending the right hosting you know events exclusive events during the key sort of in industry moments luxury fashion weeks you could think about Art Basel in Miami Mm -hmm. or those kind of events which will happen in and around the world etc and then cater then very specifically to our niche sort of clientele and basically it will be you know building up our 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 first series gaining traction in terms of our customer acquisition and retention at the same time. The second series would evolve and there's more technology that would come, you know, because we we have a, a mobile gaming app, which we have been now just put on the back burner, but that's in the process of being developed at the later stage for the Menakshi and then of course building into the Metaverse going forward. So it's a It's going to be a project where we're going to literally be going, you know, with the flow and evolving as our journey evolves and expands. Series two will come out, you know, probably in the next 14 months. And series two, you know, is again, it's a different sort of branding, there's a different story behind it. So that would also need to be built on, you know, that story, the identity of that bag, the essence behind that would also need to be worked on as well. So I think this is how we're going to be literally be building the seven, the eight series going forward, you know, and we do not have any seasons, so we don't work with seasons. It's just series, each series we bring out. And The series will always, you know, continue in the whole Muldooni's universe going forward. So whoever comes in maybe in another 20, 25 years, they never have to think of themes because you have eight worlds (laughs) where you literally can go in and you have your own whiteboard where you can create as a creative director any new product or whatever you want because you know we build on the metaverse etc so this is how it is in my mind at the moment and yeah two-thirds of the way there. that's I mean it's incredible (laughs) I
0: I just love how much thought and detail and how it's yeah about the experience and and it's not about Quantity it's not about, and revolving exactly. door of numbers it's and not, all the things.
1: Exactly. It's not just commercially driven. Not at all. No, no, no. It's about, you know, creating a, a universe where there is a celebration on yeah. in every aspect. Celebration in right. terms of the product you purchased and falling in love with. With, with the project itself, because right. that is is almost an entity, you know, the Menakshi Potli bags are. And we don't only have the premium limited edition because we've also have our ready-to-wear accessories, which are the pared-down versions, yes, of the Potley bag. But, you know, we don't have all the extravagance with the with the flowers and the Swarovski crystals, etc. But they pared down versions, more everyday sort of functional pieces that you can use. And the Potley baguette, you have a Potley hobo and the backpack is next level. Caroline. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, is it the, available now? The backpack is to die for oh literally I, I think you can see faces of that already on, I'm, our, I'm on, our on your website i gotta check it out <laughs> well, well it's not yet on our website oh, okay. <laughs> but it will come it in, in the next couple of months but i know they are already on our social medias for feeds because we have to build up just the high yeah. just a little bit but it, that backpack is definitely next level i yeah. i tend not to use I, I really like sort of a refined kind of elegant you know sophisticated look but the backpack i will use the backpack oh my
0: god i can't wait i'm gonna i need to be alerted as soon as that becomes available. That looks, amazing um,
1: yeah oh. no i love that i really i really do i'm very very proud i'm very proud of of first series it's yeah. it's turned out it's turned out even better than I could imagine. And I'm so super, super, I'm just, I'm so humbled more than anything else. I I think it's just, it's a humbling thing to think that, you know, you worked and you've been through so much, you know, with the cancer, you stop, you work on this project for 10 years, deciding yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then you come to, you know, the city where, Which is most revered in the world in terms of luxury and craftsmanship. And you get to do this. It's
0: incredible. I
1: couldn't write that script if I even tried. No. To be honest. And it's
0: just it's such an incredible (laughs) journey. And I just it's so fascinating. So I Mm -hmm. I'm personally very excited to see how it unfolds and how it comes to be and really see it all brought to life, especially with those that brand theater. I think that's such an interesting and cool concept. Yeah, of course, the backpack and all these other things that that you're doing. So thank you. It's just incredible. And your journey is incredible. So I really greatly appreciate you sharing all of that. And it's there's so much there's so much to dive into and look forward to and I can probably talk to you for all day long about it I know and that is an Achilles
1: heel also of mine literally (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i mean sometimes i'm also told gosh but you're so long-ended sometimes when
0: i speak and and it's but very it's hard like, sometimes you have so much to share but it's all yeah it's so also fascinating very difficult. so but it's so also
1: very difficult to temper mm-hmm. down the passion
0: isn't, isn't it yeah. It really is. I mean, that's just the thing. And but the so- passion is there. <laughs> it's in your voice and you can <laughs> yes. see it, you can feel it. And, and again, I think the journey that you've been on is so beautiful and really inspiring, I think for many business owners, not just myself. And so, yeah, I, thank you again for sharing it. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge of Fact. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.